Welcome to Now Try This, the podcast where two best friends get together every week to try something new. I'm Marcus, and that's Nick. Hello! Marcus, I think my camera's off-center. There's a black bar on mine. There is a black bar on your... Oh I'll my goodness, it. guys! Welcome to the show! Oh, it feels so good to be back. I cannot tell y'all how much I've been waiting and gunning and excited to be here because I just... I missed you guys. I missed talking about shit. I missed hanging out with my best friend. And guys, that's what the show is. That's two best friends shooting the shit, figuring out what the other one loves and trying those things. So mm-hmm. every week we challenge each other to try one of our favorite things. And this week isn't that because this week is powered and brought to you by Patreon. Patreon.com slash now try this cast where all our lovely patrons vote every month to decide on a try. So that way we can both experience something new yes and this month our patrons challenged us to watch the glass onion a knives out mystery mm-hmm. and Which, can i just tell you before oh. we even get to that mm-hmm. i uh we just released our last couple episodes and man are they some bangers guys you really need to go check out the bleach thousand year blood war the menu uh violent night we got some we've been trying to stay hip uh-huh and we like it so the next things probably won't be hip pretty soon I was thinking about the podcast recently as sort of like, what is it and why is it? <laughs> and why is the pod? This is the conversation you need to have sometimes. here right now. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yep. And sometimes I feel like there is this push and pull because for me, it's like, I want to stay true to the intent of the podcast. I'm giving yeah. you my favorite things and you're giving me your favorite things. But sometimes there's like, okay, I am so hyped for this movie that it's like I might give it to you before I have a chance to watch it because of how hyped I am for it, which I think counts towards that stuff. But some may argue that it doesn't. And it is interesting to see what we choose to do and what we choose to not do. But I think for the most part, most of our challenges, unless they come from the Patreon, have aligned with either excitement levels or love and passion for the thing. My favorite part about your statement, Marcus, is that your statements clearly are putting me out to pasture because I have been the one to do that. <laughs> because That's not true. we all remember when I gave House of Dragons thinking it was going to be <laughs> so fucking awesome because I just spent all summer rewatching Game of Thrones. I was so hyped for the show. We had connected watching the show when we lived together mm-hmm. that I was like, Psh, full tilt, don't even check, haven't watched it yet. Let's do House of Dragons. And then we get in here and all I do is shit on it for an hour and a half because I, I hated it so much. I think. That still is in line with things we love. You loved oh, whoa. Game of Thrones, right? And House of Dragon was a disappointment, which you are allowed mm-hmm. as someone who loved Game of Thrones to, yeah. to do as a challenge, wow. I think. You should be a spin doctor because <laughs> that was some good spin. I just listened to a podcast with Chris Harrison, mm-hmm. as you know, a former host of The Bachelor who very yes. unceremoniously was fired because of him not being uh pc enough mm-hmm. not being uh with the times with certain conversations mm-hmm. and he just released a podcast two years after it happened called the most dramatic podcast ever <laughs> uh... and in it 
and in it he was uh it was it was talking about that oh was okay was it, it was he did he shed some positive light on things or is he still uh, in the dark uh, he's only released two episodes and so far it sounds like he's talking about what he was going through which is fair it's his podcast you should totally do that hopefully in the coming ones come like a real like dissection on what he did yeah, wrong yeah and yeah, like yeah, how he's yeah, grown yeah. and how he realized there was one little comment where he was like yeah i feel like people just misunderstood what i was saying and i was like that wasn't mm, all of it chris no it was not that was but, not all but of his it. girlfriend or fiance who used to do roses and rosé was on the second episode and she described how disappointed she was in what he did so there's some oh, ownership in his circle that's happening uh-huh. but anyway talking about spin doctors his he hired a crisis team because he's a fucking millionaire of course show, that's what like, you have to do and apparently he was like that was the worst decision i could have made they had they, they gave me awful advice everything they told me was the wrong thing to do and basically the thing that they told him to do was to stay silent not say anything that's the Which worst thing you can do the narrative yeah. just goes away from you right and he ended yeah. up being like he was describing how how surreal it was how his name was coming out of left-wing media of news yeah. and right-wing media like ben shapiro was talking about him and he's like how yeah. did i get here like yeah, well, how did yeah, i get yeah. here yeah. <laughs> you know so. i think nick you teach chess <laughs> right is this a plug for my tutor business? Yes, no, I no, teach no. chess. You teach chess, right? Uh, I do. <laughs> I think I expect you a little bit more to understand the mind games that are happening, right? Because what are we in th- a murder mystery? What's happening? No. What, what do you think <laughs> oh, the true intention of Chris Harrison was? His name Chris Hansen. Yeah, what yeah, yeah. Chris Harrison? Harrison. Chris Harrison. What do you think? Yeah, my legal team gave me bad advice. Throw them under the bus, right? This is all part of legal their their plan. This is all the spin doctor spinning it all together. Okay. This is, you're playing right into it. I, I would, I would agree with you. I, I, normally I'm a little more conspiratorial mm-hmm. and I would agree with you. Sure. But dude lost his job nah. and now has some shitty pot. He has, he's Episode been doing nothing five, for two years. He apologizes. I'm calling it right now. Episode what? five. He apologizes. Apologizes. He doesn't apologize. Episode five. <laughs> yeah, that's what's gonna happen. <laughs> that's kind of shitty. Honestly, probably he's probably gonna talk in three more, four, three, four about like behind the scenes stuff and his mm-hmm. hot take on shit and what went wrong. And then all the comments would be like, "Dude, you were fucking rude." Yeah. To the first black bachelorette. Yeah. That was the problem. Do yeah. something about it, he and was- then he's gonna. Try to pay a lot of money to get her exactly. on the podcast. Exactly. Here's here's that's exactly honestly, how I, see I want to listen to that podcast. That's exactly, and that's episode five, right? Because he recorded a few in advance, right? He yeah. got a couple in the bucket. Yeah, oh, so always do. Episodes one through three, we're not going to know They're anything. Done. He's yeah. it's just past stuff. Episode yeah. four, he gets the backlash and the reaction from the first three episodes, <laughs> addresses that, and then episode five, he apologizes. Look, you you said yourself, I'm the spin doctor, okay? I know these Marcus, things. you just spun that again so fucking well. Holy shit, proving my point, you should be a spin doctor. That was so good. I'm fucking dizzy. Good job. Uh, okay. Well, Nick, you normal, we normally talk about what we did, so... <laughs> Yeah, that is normally what we do. I remember how the podcast works. Would you like to do something else? Sorry, or we would took you a like... vacation. We took a vacation. We took a vacation. We, or coming, are you I'm trying to segue into yourself it. into your segue? Because well, I'm... <laughs> here's what I was going to say about the glass onion. Because I just wanted to talk a little bit of the glass onion early. We can talk about ourselves and a little bit of glass onion later. But I have not been looking forward to this r- review for like oh, no. since it won. I was watching the Patreon challenge like – 
watching that like number one thing I voted go, for something one else. Thing go one thing go <laughs> and i was like man i really hope glass onion doesn't win because while i enjoyed the movie and i'll say it up front i genuinely don't know what i have to say about it and i'm interested to see what you have to say and we can have a conversation Ooh. but i felt like it was a movie movie it was a movie's movie you know what i'm saying it was like a movie you watch you consume and then you move on from it and i will never think about it again afterwards I will but, say I did just rewatch it uh-huh. and I felt that hard and I loved the movie, <laughs> but I was wa- playing Marvel Snap while I was watching the film the second time. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. So we'll get into it a little bit more later, but I just wanted to say that I was kind of dreading it, but I'm happy I'm here. Well, back to the nonsense. Look at what I bought at Midtown Comics today. Boom, boom, boom. Ooh. Edward Elric from the Full Metal That's Alchemist. Nice. Yeah, well, I've seen him before and some and the older one's harder to get. So and this is a newer one. So I figured uh, I'd grab okay. it before it's hard to get. But yeah, he's yeah. standing on a transmutation circle he's making. That's so cool. I thought that looked really cool. And yeah, I wanted to guys, share. welcome to Funko Corner or the podcast within the podcast where we update you on the Funko news. Oh, my goodness. We would do we would make a killing on there. That would be so. Oh, you want to see the other Funko that I bought? <laughs> Hold on. Let's see. Hold on. Wait, guess what it is. Guess. Guess what I'm reaching for. Guess. So, OK, so I have, I have a rule. I have a rule. I have a rule for Funko. Uh-huh. I try to not. I have 30 Funko Pops. Most of them were gifts. OK, half of them were gifts. Sure. Uh, I bought all the Critical Role ones because those are of course near and dear do. to my heart. And then I try to buy ones like this one. Like the first one is like super expensive to get. And I assume this one will be too. So there's like a monetary reason because I do want it eventually. Yeah. Or it's like super sentimental or it's it's one that I don't think I'll ever get as a gift. Okay. So this other Funko that I'm going to show you that you're going to guess is a Funko of something that I love because that's uh-huh. why you buy Funkos. Unless yeah. you're fucking Joseph Cruz fucking buys all the fucking Funkos in the world. Uh, you, you buy the Funkos that you love. <laughs> but it's one that I don't think I would ever get as a gift. Okay. So what is the Funko I am about to reach for? This is fun. <laughs> a Funko that you love, but you would use never your get Benoit as a gift. Blanc logic here. I will say that if you were going to get a Funko Pop. <laughs> oh, that was really bad. It was wow. terrible. I was expecting it to be just a good. little better. That's yeah, pretty I know. good. You're I've been terrible. practicing for the last two I mean, hours because I assume it would come up. I'm bad at I'm not bad at impressions. I'm not bad at impressions. Oh, I'm uh, bad at accents. Accents. You're bad, I'm at, bad accents. at accents. I take that I'm good at mimicking bad at accents. People. Yes, yes, yes. But you're bad at but you a, can get mannerisms, I, but you can't get accents. I got mannerisms. I ain't got voice. This is your best one. This is your best one. You have you really been practicing for two hours? As I've been Lexi was very annoyed because as we were watching the movie, as he would he would say stuff, I'd be like, oh this guy's a moron as the glass onion is a metaphor inside of a metaphor <laughs> she was like shut up <laughs> well i disagree with lexi i think that it sounds pretty damn good okay what what was funko it is a funko and make it entertaining because of... this is a podcast okay yeah no of course like nick i know you right we are yeah intimate with one another i've been inside of right. you you've been inside of me okay that's how friendships work emotionally yeah. inside of each yeah. other yeah something that people don't people something that people know you like right you got the flash yeah, yeah. you got bleach yeah you got sailor moon yeah critical role yeah those easy. are like top nick things easy D, all that stuff yeah. right now, part of me was going with the gelatinous cube Funko Pop that they came out with recently, kind of to kind of go. I do want that one. I feel like that's something that you would want, but maybe someone would get that for you because they know you like yeah. D and D. They do. People don't. More secret thing. 
that's yeah. where the like rom com stuff comes in, and where it's like Ooh. people know you like rom coms, but not everyone knows which ones you like. I do have a La La Land Funko Pop that is one of my favorites. La La Land, okay. <laughs> Musical theater. Now, if we mm-hmm. dig deep, now go in there. Like the the is there a charmed Funko Pop? Yeah, but the, that would just be like the three girls. They're just like girls. Okay, this is a cool Funko Pop. This is badass. Yeah, a badass. But Nick's badass. Which you want? You want one clue? I want one clue. Yeah. Some people would even say it's it's past cool. It's like it's gangster. ice cold. Oh, it's gangster. Yeah. Is it a Funko Pop of why am I blanking of DMX? Uh, is it a Funko <laughs> Pop of a rapper? Do I like DMX? No. <laughs> is it a Funko Pop of a rapper? Is there a rapper that I like more than all the other rappers? Yeah. Is it a Funko Pop of that guy? Tupac Shakur, yeah, baby. Yeah, nice. I completely blanked on the name Tupac, but I was like, Tupac it's Tupac. Shakur. Nice. Very cool. Yeah, I saw it and I was just like, again, it's a Funko Pop that in the past went for a lot of money for like the mm-hmm. original one. And this is a newer one where he's like, he's looking like all fly with like hell yeah glasses hell yeah. and shit and i was like i gotta I got get it i gotta get it nice maybe you can get, get, it. It, get it autographed by his hologram <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's the that's the next option marcus tell me something you you uh you banter with me <laughs> tell me what's going on you want to talk about Guys, something you want to talk about your holiday podcast before you want to talk about your you, you, know, you want to talk about your holiday you want to talk well, about a gift well, you got well, you want to uh, talk about let's talk you want to get deep you want to talk about your last let's therapy talk about session something new i tried which was literally today i having therapy on tuesdays is something new that i'm trying and it's not going well <laughs> oh man <laughs> but it's fine it's fine i get over it you know you, you really dig deep and you figure out like hmm why was i abused is was it my fault no it? and that's but important are you harboring some feelings like it was maybe i am and then i have to come record a podcast <laughs> <laughs> and talk about the glass on you it's a and metaphor talk about the glass no i can't do it i can't it's a metaphor it. it's good i'm impressed i honestly i think i've seen a lot of your DD characters and i think the next one needs <gasps> to have this accent Ooh, okay okay mm-hmm. louisiana now what what kind of character is it he is a swamp druid that's good with the louisiana right i almost accent. went to write it down i was <laughs> <laughs> how excited i was swamp druid swamp druid with that accent he's, he's just mm. he's just dripping at the seams with yeah. mud and debris as it's coming up and he's saying i think the way we got to solve this problem is just <laughs> get in tune with ourselves and you work your way <laughs> towards getting a pet gator i think that's what you have to do <gasps> a pet gator you know what's funny i do have a character that's from the swamp but he has an african accent because his name's mbaba and he has a lizard familiar that's Mbaba. close enough just change it to close. louisiana african accent louisiana accent i mean look who's keeping track of the canon of your DD characters okay me very intimately <laughs> to a point to a sometimes, very nauseating sometimes point. people play characters that lose accents that come back in and out it's fine wow, way to call accents. out our friend t way to call out our friend Whoa, t. Okay. <laughs> I just meant in general uh, marcus mm-hmm. You saw The Glass Onion, which is a Ryan Johnson film written and directed that has come to Netflix with a short theatrical window, which we can talk about if you Mm -hmm. want to. Uh, But it is a sequel, direct sequel to his earlier film, Knives Out 2019, a Hugh Dunnett mystery. And this is the sequel star studded cast 
Netflix film, easy to watch by everyone, and it is popular. It Guess is what the Rotten Tomato is. 90%. 92. And guess wow. what the audience score is? 90%. 93. Wow. That's crazy. That's huge. I, I feel like this is not a Christmas movie, but it was a Christmas movie. I think coming oh, yeah. out of the pandemic and a lot of people going back, you know, I mean, uh, you know, people saw their families in 2021 also, but it was more fresh, you know, and not everyone got to see this their year. No one gave a shit. This one, this year, no, everyone was with their families. No one was not seeing their families. Mm-hmm. So it felt like Christmas yeah. was back. People were doing it. Whatever. I'm sorry. I said that like I'm judging. Do. I don't give a shit. Do what you fucking want. Uh, get your vaccine, go do your fucking life. Yeah. I don't. <laughs> so people were back in the families. I feel like everyone at some point had a lull in that hanging out, and every yeah. family chose to watch The Glass Onion. It it's was the perfect, 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 perfect release window, perfect type of movie to watch with the family. It's funny, but serious. The racist uncle isn't going to come in and have really any problems with the movie. Like, it just is. He might a laugh at, at, a, at a moment that was supposed to be ironic, yes. but whatever, yes. we'll let it go. hundred percent. He might like weirdly identify with Batista, Batista's when character. When David Dukes talks about the breastification of America, he might go, ha, yeah. yeah. And you just go like, all right, well, we're going to ignore yeah, that there's, one. But there's a little bit of something for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> it's the perfect family movie. Yes. Yeah. There's no, like, no one really dies in the movie, right? Like... Like, what? Like <laughs> two but, people, but like not a violent die. death, not a violent death. They die like oh, a PG thirteen okay. death, right? PG. So like, it's not I would gonna even really. Say. Yeah, the PG. thirteen might just be the fucking cursing. The cursing. So you know, so it's very family friendly. I feel like mm-hmm. that is what also gives it its mass appeal too. I yeah. feel like it was even more timid than the first one. The first one was a little scarier. This one had more hijinks and was like mm-hmm. brighter colors. And that one was like more gothic because it was like a gothic horror trope because of the house and everything. Yeah, you know what I yeah, mean? That's true. And this was more a new age thing. I Wow. What a wonderful point. Marcus, kudos to you because I didn't even think of that. And they're totally right. Ryan, I don't know if it was Ryan. I don't know if it was Netflix. But like this movie was the perfect movie because it's not a Christmas movie. It's it's. Yeah competition was spirited and that Lindsay lohan christmas movie and all the christmas classics and as many christmas classics as you love i love christmas movies we watched six or seven and then the day came where lexi was like can we not watch a christmas movie today and guess what we watched glass onion. The glass onion it is a Sorry, perfect break from christmas movies christmas movie yeah. fatigue it's a perfect mm. break from family i'm tired of yeah. making up small talk i don't want to <laughs> fucking talk to you anymore i've seen you for a week now i'm tired yeah. glass onion it's the mm-hmm. perfect perfect thing to get into the holidays i totally agree what a wonderful point yeah right after you open presents boom glass onion uh, you're done I, with I, christmas. Was th- I was thinking more christmas, christmas eve after dinner i was thinking but okay Darren says, Marcus, my family listens to this. I didn't mean me specifically. I'm talking about the viewing audience. No, 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 Marcus. When you were in Georgia, you couldn't stand having any more small talk. And you just, you you told me, you told me before we came on, you said, man, everyone in Georgia, that small talk with them was way too much. I need more glass onions to watch. That's what you said. I got to say about Georgia. I had a great time. It was the most (laughs) chill. It was the most relaxed hanging out with people who weren't directly related to me. It was fantastic. That sounds awesome. That sounds awesome. I'm not saying this because Darren has a gun pointed to my head. (laughs) 
I spent uh, Christmas with Lexi's mom, and it was actually really nice. Uh, she's great. often very nice and loving. You tell me that nice all the time. Like that's <laughs> she's very nice and loving, and she continued to be on Christmas Day. There you go. So the glass onion. Were you a fan of? I don't know your history with Ryan Johnson and Knives Out. So did you like the old movie? Do you like Ryan Johnson? Ryan Are you Johnson a Last Jedi apologist? Star Wars. Are I you one of those? Said it. Truly. I spoke the truth. He destroyed Star Wars. Star Wars. Are you really one perfect. of those or not? It was this is really perfect. Quite, it was the, the perfect the, film. The new one. Oh man, it was so new and, and inventive and different than anything was ever done before. And Ryan Johnson came in and ruined it. He ruined it. By by showing us what a good Star by Wars movie what a could good look Star Wars like, movie could be. I will say this. I will say this. I when after the second movie came out, I did not like yeah. it. Uh, sure, but looking back on it, I like it now. It's like the only it one that did now. anything. It's the only one that did anything. Yeah, it's the only one that did anything. <laughs> That's exactly right. Yeah, like I have problems with it. Sure, but sure, you know. But it feels like the prequel movies, where it's like, yeah, you can hate the prequel movies, but. There's some, there's good parts. There's good shit in it. Yeah, you know, I feel like the second of the new trilogy feels like the prequel movies to me, where it's like, look, it's not perfect. It's not the no. best Star Wars movie, but it was a Star Wars movie in in a um, it was more of a movie than it was than the other two were. The other two were just like the the first of the new trilogy was a copy, and they the third like of the new trilogy of contents with fucking a couple the, footnotes. The third <laughs> of the new trilogy was like fucking what the fuck are you doing? Like what is this weird shit? So yeah, I feel like the second movie at least tried to do something. So I'm kind of I think he's still signed on to do another Star Wars project. So I'm excited trilogy, for that. I think, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. here's my my thing. It's like think about how interesting that movie was. How it like did different things and how mm-hmm. it was like a well made crafted movie. Yes. Think about how good that movie would have been if they set him up for success. He should don't have forget, just done the whole don't trilogy. Don't forget, he had to start working on that film before they had a finished script for the first one. He didn't yeah. know who Snoke was. He didn't yeah. know who Ray was. When he went into the office to start working on those films, the producers and JJ were just like, I don't know. We just made yeah. Force Awakens. You figure it out, fucko. And it's like, what? The fact that that is the way he went in is like, who's going to win? And the then fact the third that any one. Any parts of the movie was cool. The third one, oh. they took it away from him. Like, just give him the last two movies, then. Yeah. Well, he was and, never supposed to. It was supposed to be the guy who did Jurassic World, and then I think he saw what was happening. He was like, "Get me the fuck out of here!" And yeah. then JJ came back. Yeah. It's crazy. Anyway, they they took one of their biggest franchises and we're just like, let's just shit on it. We're bringing it back after all this time. Let's just shit all over it. But it Brian so Johnson, not his fault. So I, I will never. Yeah. Some people will never forgive him. I don't even give him any blame. <laughs> I'm excited for his new Star Wars thing. The last Same. Knives Out movie I love. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. I just had to point out Darren in the chat said, what's a narrative art? This is Star Wars. Just play some jazz. I don't know. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's yeah. good. I like it. Uh, I Knives feel out? like Knives Out. I loved. I thought it was fantastic. I thought it was like a Same. really fun mystery movie. And we can talk about it a little bit later as to whether mystery is a genre that is even doable anymore. I don't know. It's tough. It's, it's different. It's, it's one. Different of, I think it's one of the hardest genres to make good because yeah. you are having to string along the reader in such a specific way that they can't guess what's coming next, but they also need to be able to not be caught so off guard in the end that they think the whole thing was stupid. 
which is so interesting where again we can go into more detail later but both knives out and glass onion do the same trick where halfway through the film it gives away the goods mm-hmm. sure in this film we don't know who the killer is but the reveal spoilers for glass onion of the twin and the reveal that the dude did in fact kill himself in knives out you get that yeah at the halfway point in both films yeah which is super interesting thing to think about because there is a mystery still going on mm-hmm. but ryan johnson uh johnson knows i th- i think he realizes that the that the old Sherlockian trope, the old murder she wrote, where it's, you know, you introduce in the first act four people. In the second act, you learn about those people. And in the third act, you reveal that it was actually guy number two that did it. Yeah. Doesn't work as much anymore. Yeah. Because yeah. they've been doing it every week on Law and Order and everything for yeah decades. And, and, and I mean, like mystery novels, like I said, you have to lead them on a certain way. So ryan johnson has figured out a workaround to that like you said where he the mystery is simple like what happened is simple but the execution of it and like the and the specifics of it aren't revealed at the end they're revealed in the middle so it doesn't feel like you're caught off guard it feels like okay now's when i'm learning all the information the same like you said in the middle arc is sort of when you would get to know the characters now instead in the middle arc is when you get to know the characters through the lens of the events of the film by getting additional background information you didn't have before. Yeah, which actually really makes the ending, I think, of both films really satisfying because it's that thing mm-hmm. where we've talked about it in, in a movie where if you foreshadow the right way, it's satisfying. If you do yeah. it the wrong way, it's like, I get it. It's a it's a fucking rehab center. We get there at the end. I understand. Stop lingering on the sign. I understand yeah, it's yeah, coming. Yeah. You know, yeah. it, it it it's super satisfying the way you're like, oh, OK. And that's why we sh- that's why we saw and that's and it all mm-hmm. comes together mm-hmm. and you're super satisfied, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I feel like you're watching the pieces fall into place a little bit. And I, I yeah. like I, I do like that Ryan Johnson sort of like recontextualizes the movie midway through because that's the part of mysteries that people like, right? Like people like to watch, not like, but it is a part of the fun of a mystery. You at the end, once you get all the pieces together and you the ending is revealed, the who done it is revealed. You then go back and replay the movie or replay the book in your head and go, okay, I see all of the pieces now. That's the fun part. I feel like a well-crafted mystery. You go back and you see, oh, the signs were there the whole time. So that's very hard to do. And I think that this is an interesting kind of like twisty way of of turning that on its head a little bit. I think it's really interesting because we're also in a time where Kenneth Branagh is has remade two of the classic Agatha Christie. So if you watch Murder on the Orient Express, you saw a modern day version of what Ryan Johnson's recontextualizings are of. And Kenneth Branagh is a great filmmaker. He's. He's a, he's a great people talk about him. Those are star studded casts. The film itself, not bad. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a bad film. I liked it, but it didn't do what this film did. It didn't, it didn't re it didn't change how a whodunit works 
yeah. to what we deal with today and how we watch movies today and how we yeah. solve things today. Well, these films really do it and literally are like he has created with Benoit Blanc his parallel with. Oh, gosh. What's the name of the detective in those uh, films, in those books? Uh, Le Le. I'm going to Google it. Le Pierre. Yeah. Le Poe. Le Le Poe. Something like that. I know. Le Perot. Perot? Perot. 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 Now, no way. Le (laughs) Perot. Yeah. That was my whole point. That was your whole point? That's it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So I, I think that, yes, he's created his own version of Perot, of Sherlock, this like Southern gentleman. Which yes. I really like the character. I think that character driven, no, not character driven. That's the wrong word. But I think like a, a, a reoccurring character that appears in your movies is something that you don't see a lot. Like you don't really get that kind of thing anymore, right? Because we get a lot of one offs, a lot of things get canceled. So you don't get the or whole thing. Or it's a thing. franchise where you get Or a it's whole a franchise where you get a whole cast and crew. I like the one character being the thing it does feel like sherlock holmes it does feel like something like that yeah it feels it feels like he's making a universe Mm -hmm. right but without like and i'm sure he like he's like glad and also feels daunted by the fact that when he makes this third one and he said in an interview he'll keep making these until daniel craig says he's done yeah. Uh, which is, I think, just speaks to like how you can tell how much fun and how much they yeah. respect each other, and it's so cool. But he has to remake a whole other set of car- yeah. <laughs> memorable people every single time. Yeah, it, it's fucking wild that he has to do that. But it's also, you know, I think the 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 Daniel Craig of it all, the uh, Benoit Blanc of it all, is 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 such a smart way of just having one focal point one placeholder one stake in the ground where you can always go back to and then you just have this whole open sandbox to really yeah. do whatever you need to do and like it, i think it's kind of genius because daniel craig is i think a wonderful actor and he's been doing james bond for so long and that's what people know him for and i think he's a good james bond but there if you look at some of the other stuff he's he's like a weird actor he's been doing stuff for a long time he's like shakespearean trained he's like a real fucking actor that's been acting for a long ass time and like you can just tell how much fun he's like having again with this part like yeah you know as an actor yeah i just remembered i saw daniel craig in shake in macbeth on broadway oh yeah um and like i was like this close to him and like just like super close to him like first second row whatever like and i was just like one very beautiful person and two i feel like i had never seen him act in anything before like he was in the james bond and he was in these movies and stuff like that yeah but i feel like actually seeing him do shakespeare as macbeth on stage like i was i was speechless like he fucking was incredible and i was like i turned to darren and i said this man can act like i don't i like i feel like bad for shooting on james bond and stuff like that but like i was like i did not know the depths in which this man could reach yeah and he was so good he was so good i'm so jealous you got to see him do that yeah, and I've seen nuggets of it. He was in like, what was it? In Cold Blood as one of the cult killers, I think, years ago. Mm-hmm. He was also in that one where Adam Driver, where they're like, they try to blow something up, where he's like, he had some fun in there. But, you know, I've seen him for years, like, have some fun. But this is like, I think, the best thing that I've seen him do. Where, because 
Right, because I think this Sherlockian, interesting, charismatic character, it could come off as such a caricature, right? Mm -hmm. Like, he could sound like Foghorn Leghorn. Mm -hmm. He could sound like an idiot trying to be smart. Or he can be like a really, I've seen really boring versions of Sherlock where they just know everything and it's like not interesting. Yeah. But you can tell he had a lot to do with it because I was watching an interview or I was watching those dissecting a scene or something. And they were talking about Blanc's wardrobe. And Ryan Johnson, the costume designer, and Daniel Craig together were deciding what he was wearing. That's fine. And he was talking about these old movies that was giving him inspiration for the part. Mm -hmm. And that's where his costumes and like. A lot of this character is in his fashion. Like you see yeah. what he's wearing and you're like, I get who this man is. I understand yeah. what's happening. And I and I love that so much. Yeah. Yeah. And the fact that, too, I mean, like like you said earlier, that he's able Ryan Johnson is able to create a, a group of characters for every single movie that feels unique. They feel lived in. They feel like full characters. And yeah. that's a hard task to do. It's not like it's not like fucking Harry Potter. Where you get to dip into the same well over and over again you know yeah. it's like a brand new cast every time and you have to start from scratch and also like not copy yourself yeah which is i mean very challenging so cool how the like you can even just see in the colors he chose in the gothic horror of the architecture of the house and all the family of what they're wearing in the first film compared to the swimsuits and island wear and beach mm-hmm. vacation these people are wearing like you can tell he's like painting with all these different i'm just like what's the next one he's gonna be in like fucking a cruise alaska no like alaska everyone's it's in parkas Nah, it's a cruise a cruise is too much like this it's a cruise they're just wearing okay. beach wear a jungle 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 jungle's better safari safari is good a A film film set set. darren got it darren fucking got it wow damn it darren that's that is it that it will be on a film it will be a meta it oh she's so right isn't she Uh it will be a commentary on the film industry they will be on a film set yeah damn it they'll be making they're gonna be trying to make a movie about benoit blanc or some Uh shit oh Oh, yeah that's good he's like Yes, they're making a Benoit Blanc movie, <laughs> and he's a consultant hired on set, and then yeah. a murder happens. Yeah, that's, that's it. it. Nailed it. That's Nailed it. hundred percent. Wow. Damn it. No Ryan jungle. Johnson, if you're not already no writing Alaska. that one, call us. Look, have we the fourth before? or fifth one? No. <laughs> the fourth, fifth, or sixth one? Whatever. Yeah, you need a sub. We we got it. <laughs> no, you know, he really doesn't. Even I though that's entirely I, Darren's idea. Also, you have to hire Darren. <laughs> yeah she comes along mm-hmm. she's a producer she comes mm-hmm. she's involved she's one third her i think the uh shit darren fucking distracted me god damn it darren <laughs> worst producer ever fuck uh look where you're tearing the podcast apart <laughs> it was something about danny Cro- oh oh i had i had i know what i was saying so i will say and i don't think this is a criticism to the film because i obviously enjoyed it very mm-hmm. much but it is something i noticed where i i hope it's something that's rectified with more films the first film had the really easy contrivance of being a family and because it was a family i think he had less work he needed to outright do for character because we already we understand father son we understand uh, sisters we understand what was going on whereas this film i felt as if the character's were real they were so close to a caricature which i didn't mind they 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 felt lived in they felt real all the mm-hmm. actors did so good but 
there was a little bit of character missing for me. Like, I wish I spent a little more time understanding what made Whiskey tick. I wish I spent a little more time understanding where Duke was coming from. Yeah. I wish I I wish we had a little more time to understand why Lo- Leslie Odom Jr. and Catherine Hahn's character. Like, I don't fucking remember their name. Like what like what their investment was. Like, I understood yeah, yeah, yeah. it. I got it through the context. But because there was so much lavishness happening, I felt like there was a little bit of these characters. If I if I had to gun to my head, compare Knives Out characters to Glass Onion characters, I preferred Knives Out characters because they felt more lived in. And I think it was just because it was a family. I don't I don't think he did anything like different. I don't think he did a worse job or anything. Yeah. But I hope he sees that because he lacked that foundation in this one compared to the first one that he doesn't lean further into caricature and he rolls back a little bit and I get a little more, a little more character in it. Cause an ensemble cast is one of the hardest things you have yeah. to do. Right. I think, and I the, just wanted a little more in the first one. They did dive into the background of each character a lot more because you got like, Oh, why, what were their intentions? What did they want out of the guy who died? What, oh, you know, so you, like that, you were really true. like digging into each character. And in this one, it, we, we didn't just see got any of that a whole fucking part of the movie that was just about one character and context clues, right? Con- yeah, yeah. And then we understood to, like, the Senator, what mm-hmm. she wanted, but I didn't see a conversation between her and miles and bending yes, the knee. I didn't exactly, see that. Yeah. You saw yeah, yeah. that in the first one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. So I, th- I think that's all it is. So I wouldn't mind if they spent less time kind of like re explaining how they got here. Cause most of the movie, I think uh, maybe I could be wrong percentage wise, but it did feel like a, mo- a lot of the movie was okay. Now we're going to go back and show Janelle Monet's character and like everything that we did to set up everything and like recontextualize where we are now it felt like a long time it was a long time it could have been a little less i also think that it's hard because it's what made the movie so cool but we did spend a lot of time just here here we are on an island look how cool it is right like look at this these cool things look at look how crazy these rich people live look at look at there's a robot picking up the luggage guys oh my god there's oh my god look at this glass he he has this car everywhere oh my god you know like some of it was very important like context and ryan johnson's so good at that and none of it felt contrived but because we spent so time so much time there because we spent so much time with janelle 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 monet following her through a line to re-explain everything we just saw i think we did lose a little bit of character but I think that all of that stuff you just described also not to I mean, I guess I'm I'll play devil's advocate and say that all that stuff you described does lend itself to the characters of these people a little and kind of show somewhat. you, especially the billionaire too, especially Edward Norton's character. The, the billionaire, billionaire. I don't think I needed any more. I completely yeah. understood him. Yeah, I just the scientist and the senator and whiskey and the assistant. I felt like I understood Birdie and I understood Duke. Yeah. I, I understood like Birdie I and Duke. Got, Birdie and Duke yeah, were good. I got they were them. Good. The assistant, I kind of would have liked a little bit more. Yeah. From... We got a little bit. Like, it was there. Like, the yeah, fact yeah. that we got any in an ensemble film this big, this complicated, with this exactly. many shots and this, is fucking impressive. It's yeah. so impressive, right? Like, we're being real nitpicky about, like, what we want. Uh, that I just hope I see in the next one. I, I feel like I also really, like... Uh... I completely lost what I was going to say. I, I feel like I liked all of the characters and I liked what was 
their vibes and what was going on. But I also like understood immediately, like, I guess what was good. I guess that Edward Norton committed the murder like immediately. And then I was just like, okay, you know, but and it's interesting. It was still really interesting to watch and stuff like that. And it wasn't really about the mystery this time, too. Which I feel like now there was the last one because you found out halfway through. That's true. You, thought, you yeah. thought there wasn't a mystery for most of that film. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And then there was a mystery, and then they got away with it. No, but then there was still a mystery because in the end it was like then you at, towards the end I guess not at the no because you, the end, you thought you, find out you that, thought somebody was blackmailing her and then you thought it was just the assistant lady mm-hmm. the housekeeper mm-hmm. and then in the last like twenty. 10 minutes you were like oh wait no something more is going on and then he explained it all and that's what it is yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that second that last part there was still a re- big reveal at the end there was but we didn't know it was even going to be re- that's why that's why that that was that was like a really I cool guess trick that's why it worked. yeah yeah you know we didn't even and know there was gonna be a reveal fun fact in an interview he said he that that like bottle viscousness mm-hmm. thing that wasn't in the original script and the original draft of the film. It was just going to be, you know, they switched the bottles or whatever. Yeah. But then he was talking to a nurse or something mm-hmm. and they were describing how good they were at their job or, or somebody was described and like someone else gave him that idea. Like he got it from somewhere else. Like, right. And that's like really, really makes the film at the end for me, because at the end of Knives Out, the beauty of it is she didn't kill him because she's just a good nurse. Yeah. Like she's just good at her job. Yeah. And I, I and I love that. I think uh, back to my other point about these movies being very family friendly, even in that one, it was like, and she couldn't possibly have murdered him even by accident. Cause it was like, and they really yeah. redeemed her entirely by the end of it. Yeah. And it wasn't contrived. It really easily could have been. It really yeah. easily could have been, yeah. you know, even but in this one at the end of the yeah. film, when everything happens and, and Janelle oh. Monet is like, I love that scene where she's breaking all the glass and it's it's very yeah. cathartic for everybody. When it explodes, I was like, oh shit. She like killed everybody in there and was I really like, thought they did too. This. She said Hindenburg. That yeah. means death. And I was like And then no one was dead. And then no one was dead. Everyone's walking outside fine. Like it was still good, but I, still I agree good, with you. But that same thing of like, okay, now we're gonna tighten this up a little bit and make it that extra little bit of uh, Scooby Doo. But that's okay. Yeah, Scooby Doo. You know, it's just that satisfying thing. I think I also loved one of my favorite things that that the fact that that happened. One of my fa- just to transition to favorite moments in the film, mm-hmm. we can transition to that. Is when Benoit does the thing that will be in every single film because it's always in a whodunit where for 10 minutes the genius detective explains the mystery right yep and honestly daniel craig is so fucking good at it he's so good and he's like as he's like and as i was wrapping my head around what this i realized you're an idiot and and it all came together i was like so cool and then the fucking millionaire billionaire was like you got no proof yeah and and he had to have that heartbreaking conversation with janelle monet he's like I my job stops here. I I, yeah. I did the mystery, and that's all I could do. And it was really heartfelt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like like it was such a good moment of like I love the reason I love that moment is because Benoit Blanc very easily because Sherlock is in Sherlock Holmes. Benoit Blanc could be a superhero. Mm-hmm. He could be the genius guy that's good at everything that always has, but he's not. He could be Jack he even Reacher. says in the film. He's he could be Jack Reacher. He he's bad at dumb things. He can't do that clue thing. He needs Janelle Monet to help him do that. Yeah. Both of the movies he needed help 
to figure out he needed a Watson. He needed somebody mm-hmm. to help him do it. And then at the end, he was like, I, I, I he didn't have the answer. He was he was like, I, maybe you could do something with this. But he was yeah. like, that's all I can do. I solved the mystery. I'm not yeah. Superman. Yeah. And I really appreciated that. It's so I did really humanizing. appreciate that, too. It, it was good. Yeah. I feel like when you think about the structure of like these kinds of things, I feel like the third film also is kind of more where they would put, especially if they're going to have more than three films, is kind of where they would put the loss and the stakes. So I wouldn't be surprised if the next one is a little bit more heavy. Yeah. On the film set, when somebody dies, I'm sure it's going to be his husband, Hugh Grant. Was that his husband? Like, it, I was confused sure. by all of that because Hugh Grant was in such a small role. And same thing with uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. He was the voice of the clock. Why? What clock? You have to pay them. The dumb? The dong. The hour dong. Oh, I think that's just funny. I mean, it is funny. Hugh Grant confirmed it. It's funny because I, I this is where I saw it. Hugh Grant confirmed it in an interview during his D&D movie. Oh, okay. Uh, but he... He said, it's the tiniest little moment. I don't really know why they wanted me to do it. But anyway, I, I thought Knives Out was brilliant. So, yeah, I thought, why not turn up for a few hours? Meanwhile, director Ryan previously revealed that Daniel's suave sleuth was gay and that in the sequel films, he would be living with another man. Oh, so I don't okay. know if they're married, but they're definitely together. Yeah. Also, Which I love. Ethan Hawke was in the movie. Super I know. Randomly. So random. So funny. But Hugh, Hugh Grant's cameo, I fucking loved it. I really hope. Like he's more in it. I think he's. I hope so too. That would be the nice. two of them as foils against each other yeah, seems really fun and really home, funny. Discussing his mystery that he couldn't quite solve. Like, yeah, I like that. Yeah, yeah. And he'll die in the third one on the film set when they're doing the Benoit Blanc movie, and yes. it'll be it'll yeah. Yes. Oh my god. <laughs> Forget it. I was gonna say uh, it was nice seeing like that he was a celebrity in his own right in the beginning of the film when he was yeah. hanging out with Natasha Leone and like. Stephen Sondheim. Stephen Sondheim, rest in peace. And fucking Murder She Wrote. Yeah, lady. Yeah, and and fucking Kareem Abdul Dabar. <laughs> like Wait, fucking, really? Yeah, he was the fourth one. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah, I love that. I they love were playing that. Among Us. Yeah, oh, he would be right if we really had yeah. someone that was that famous doing these huge capers and fucking. They would be famous. Mm-hmm. They would be pseudo like have these connections, right? Yeah, I, that's I love true. That. That's true. If you if know? we had a big Sherlock Holmes kind of person in real life, they would definitely be a celebrity. A hundred percent. At least as much as it seems like he is here. Yeah. And oh my God, talking about cameos, because we were talking about Serena Williams. It, I was laughing very hard. That was so stupid. What was she doing in there? She was on the fucking TV workout oh, thing. Yes, yes, yes. That was funny. Just waiting on her that hour funny. that she got that paid funny. to be there to train. Yeah. And she's like, is anyone training? She just, I just imagine her once a week there, get a million dollars for an hour. And it's yeah. like, like, you that. have so much money. Yo-Yo Ma was in the movie. Oh, yeah. That was fun. That was great. I feel like. I was glad to see I that. had a moment. This is, is going to sound so fucking pretentious, I guess. But the Yo-Yo Ma did a show in our college and I worked that show. So I was hanging out with yeah. him backstage for a tickets. little bit. So when I saw him, I had never seen his face before that day before like hanging out with him in person. So when I saw him in the movie, I was like, I know him. Like, why do I know him? And it was from <laughs> that, not from knowing that he's a famous person. You got to talk to him? Yeah, he was chill. He was very nice. He seems really nice. Some guy, some kid's bow or string broke during the performance and he was uh-huh. having a panic attack. And Yo-Yo Ma was just like, dude, like, it's OK. It's Joe. Like, <laughs> fix it. Like, go back out there. It's it's OK. Oh, that's so cute. Nice. Where the people 
Or people at our school playing with him or something? Yeah. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. I forgot cool. who, but I forgot how they decided, but some of the people got to play with him on stage. Which yeah, yeah. So cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think this this movie did just as many cameos as they could without being too much. A- any more would have been too much. Like it was it, yeah. it was close. It was close. It was pretty but close. It, but it was good. It was yeah. Good. I feel like cameos for the like some of the, the cameos are funny. Serena Williams workout thing was funny. I think the Among Us bit was funny, especially with COVID and everything. And Yo-Yo Ma. And those were really the three like yes. real life yeah. ones. Yeah. Everyone and, else was a character. And then but all the characters were kind of I think the character was one bothered me a little bit more. Like why is but, it makes just makes me think about it. It takes me out of the movie. Like I'm thinking about why Ethan Hawke is there. I'm thinking about why I'm hearing Joseph Gordon-Levitt's voice. I'm thinking about the oh, shit. Oh, does anyone in this world thinks like, wow, you know that billionaire Miles uh, owner of Alpha? He looks a lot like Edward Norton. <laughs> I just feel like th- not that, but like the the little parts that where it's like, okay, why was Hugh Grant in this movie? I don't understand. You know, like that. It takes me out that of one it was a little se- bit. Setting something up. The that Ethan Hawke was weird. But the Ethan Hawke, why is he in there? I- he he, I, that, he must be friends with somebody he must Maybe. have been in a past film ryan was like yo ethan you want to come do three yeah. lines and he was like yeah sure you know i mean i do love that ryan johnson's notoriety with knives out and this one have become to the point where now he can work with anybody he wants and everyone yes. wants to work with him that's yes. pretty cool yeah like who's gonna be in the next one that's great and just to talk about how great of a job everyone did i really thought the cast crushed it some of my favorites were dave batista mm-hmm. kate hudson and david and duke's mom i think those were my top people oh and janelle and janelle monet i've seen janelle monet Janelle is great she fucking killed me in that movie and well it's almost like she's separate from like the cast of people right because she's like almost doing her own thing but she 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 i saw her in moonlight i've seen her in oh gosh something else but she is so good and i'm not used to seeing her that much because she just you know she's doing she does so much she's a fucking renaissance woman she does it all but renaissance she like woman, yeah. is that what you call it <laughs> I, don't <fucking> I don't know <laughs> i don't know i don't know what the fuck you call it uh-huh. um but she she did great what about yeah, you yeah. any standouts i mean honestly like janelle Monae fucking killed it i don't know if i've seen her or anything before this and i was very surprised with how good the their acting was you have oh janelle Monae uses they them pronouns like thank you very much oh, thanks there chat i appreciate that they were in hidden figures did you see hidden figures no about the people the the black women who helped them get to space nope oh, oh is it the math film. movie yeah i watched the octavia spencer is in it i didn't it. realize uh, they were in Taraji it. that's Henson. yeah uh, she, she's one of the three uh women they're yeah. one of the three women i like that i i think janelle monet was great fantastic yeah. i loved it i loved her uh their performance and dave batista also i feel like shocked me I feel like outside of him. acting, I mean, he's a great actor. I think he's very good at what he's doing outside of acting, though. Like, I feel like he is winning me over every interview I see him in, everything that he's doing. It's like, OK, he's like a good dude also, which you don't always get. I feel the exact same way. And I was gushing about him to Lexi because I know that literally anything can come out and we could be done with them. And, and I get it. And, and the day might come. And especially these wrestling people, you never know. That world is crazy. But yeah. I will say I was watching an interview and he was talking about his tattoos. He was going over some tattoos. I saw and he was one. going over one of them that got covered up. And he was explaining how the old one was with a partner of his. But then the partner came out with some homophobic slurs. 
and they resist it very sincerely was just like and that's not what i'm about i i'm an ally and and he said my mom's lesbian and that's that really hurt me and i and i had to uh, cut ties with them and i'm like fucking batista uh-huh i so love like, batista he's a good dude just like a okay good dude? i will see this the wrestling world not to go on a wrestling tangent you can i think the wrestling world is full of you know they're full of a lot of people so you get all That's kinds true. but there are some good dudes in there that i am also surprised by all the time like steve stone cold steve austin i'm always like man he just seems like a nice guy <laughs> yeah you know it's it's fun but also you get a lot of like racism and uh homophobes and the the family for any yeah for any um industry that's been around as long as it has there's just holdouts that are just terrible terrible people but it's see but honestly it most wrestlers seem like pretty good people like i, I don't know if that's a generalization and maybe yeah, i yeah. can be proven wrong but but i think for the I, most part when you are a kid and you're watching wrestling you're like oh my god it's so intense this is like the peak of manliness and then mm -hmm. you become an adult and you realize that it's just a bunch of theater kids who are more fit than the other theater kids like that's it really all it is. is yeah it really that's all is they are. they're you actors know? they're performers I, i'm just saying i'm sure there's way more assholes at ren fair than they are at wrestlemania <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> I would. Have you met? Uh, I don't. I don't. I don't need to get into it. I don't need to get into um, it. But yeah, no. Like I, I watched an interview with. This is not showing his character, but sometimes TikTok will show me like Steve Stone Cold Steve Austin has a podcast where he talks with wrestlers and hearing them oh, talk cool. about how much they got fucked over, but they were still doing it because they were so passionate because they like enjoyed yeah. doing performing for other people. It's like. Wow, if more of them had the opportunity to go into acting, I think that would be a good avenue for them. And I think more, I would like to see more wrestlers break that barrier and get into like acting, acting. Just give it a shot, right? At least give it a shot. I mean, yeah. you got Batista, The Rock, and John Cena now. Peacemaker was fucking fantastic. And that was just John Cena. I mean, he had a great cast with him, but John Cena sold the shit out of that character. Yeah. 100%. I think I was as I was watching this again, I was realizing this is this might be the first time I've ever seen Batista in a role that didn't need his muscles. Like mm. they were prominently on display because they're fucking there. And they're a part of his, his character. Yeah, right. But well, no, because his par his parallel is Andrew Tate, who is not that a huge jacked dude. A lot of these guys on like men's right activist stuff. Sure, uh -huh. some of them looked like David B. But he's not the archetype. Like he didn't get this job because of his muscles. You know what I mean? No, like, I, I get what you're saying, but it is a part of his character. Like, it, you know, he could have also been a schlub, I guess, technically, but. That's what I'm saying, yeah, right? Yeah. Like that, I think he got, he didn't get called in for this part just because he's a scary, like Drax. I appreciate he got that role and he yeah. crushed it and made it his yeah. own. And now he's famous for it. But he got called into that role because he's a big dude. He's a physically fit dude. I, I think he got called because of what he could like do. And even if not, I think that's what he proved in the performance yeah. because he was fun. He was exciting. He was good. Like I, out of everyone, I knew everyone else was going to do awesome. They're all like world renowned academy award nominees and winner actors right yeah the fucking shakespearean trained people on this fucking film right dave batista's not any of that and yet i thought i did not see him miss a beat with everyone else 
in the crew, in the yeah. cast, in the mainstay. Yeah. And I and I and I just I need to give him kudos for that because now I'm just are, are we just get and he's even said like this next Drax film is gonna be his last Drax thing and he wants to focus on acting. And I'm just like, that's so cool. Respect, respect, yeah. I'm just really excited what yeah. that's gonna mean, you know? Like, I what's think so. he's gonna be in M. Night Shyamalan's new movie too, which is will be fun. It looks cool. Mm-hmm. It also looks like a film that is not for his muscles. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But very exciting. I like your delineation between muscle films and non-muscle films. Yeah. Well, there's MCU. Even <laughs> what's that, that Dune what's part a he has. Arnold Schwarzenegger film. Twins. Twins is a muscle Arnold Schwarzenegger film. I'm sorry. No, yeah, it's it funny because he's big is... and Dan exactly. Danny small. Big muscles. He's big. He's okay. fit. He's okay. handsome. Okay. Dan DeVito is a trash man. Fine. 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 What's the name of the movie where he gets pregnant? He does not need those muscles for that. How do you think he pushes out that baby? (laughs) I also want you to know when I was about to look at his movements, I put in Andrew Schwarzenegger. (laughs) Way less known. Uh, Cousin. Speaking of of muscles or no muscle movies. Oh, your um, fucking favorite Christmas film, Jingle All the Way. He needed his He's muscles. a dad. He literally becomes Turbo Man. And he could not become Turbo minutes. Man in a believable way if he wouldn't have the muscles. No, I don't That's think so, movie. man. He punches a reindeer in the face. You need muscles. I can punch for that. a reindeer in the face. No, not, not the way he did it. He fights like 20 Santas at the same time. I'm not. Yes. Muscles. Like, muscles. Like if, he, if he wasn't muscles. a muscle man, he could still do that part. Poorly. And it would be a little different as opposed to Terminator, where he needs to be that guy. That's what I'm saying. I would argue it's not a muscle movie. What? I would argue Terminator is not a muscle movie. What are you talking about? Terminator is a muscle movie. He's a big, scary, muscly robot. No, he is a robot. It doesn't matter what his skin looks like. He's still a robot and strong underneath. The robot's what makes him strong, not the muscles. To be fair, T2, the the liquid robot that's literally one of the scariest villains in all of movies of all time, mm-hmm. isn't a fit isn't a jack dude. He just runs real fast. Tell you, not a, a Terminator 2, not a muscle movie. But you also right. in trying to find a muscle movie, you found a non-muscle movie. So I give you props. Whatever. <laughs> Kindergarten cop? Muscle movie. No. Muscle movie. He's because a cop. Cops, it's funny. Not all how cops have muscles. He, the joke is that he's big. And it's funny that he's so big and these kids are so small. They use it as a, but it's not okay. That's well, the what's joke. the movie where he's he's like saving a girl in a zombie apocalypse? What is that, Megan? No, uh, Maggie. Maggie. That's old man movie. That's different than muscle no muscle. Oh, there's God. muscle no muscle old man. Okay, sometimes you have old man muscle. Sometimes you have old man no muscle. This is a very scientific process that I have for analyzing these movies. Okay, as opposed to though, Dave Batista was in you know blade runner and he was in the a riddick movie and he was in guardians of the galaxy and you know yeah no you're right uh, guardians like, of the galaxy is a muscle the, movie muscle dude anyway whatever speaking of muscle movies rrr won golden globe for best original song in a motion picture really mm-hmm. for not too not the too. golden globes are happening yeah happening tonight while we're on oh my god any other interesting facts Shh. Just sprinkle them in as you're going. Uh, everything, everywhere, all at once. One best supporting actor. Oh, for what's his face? Yeah. Oh, gosh. What's his name? Mr. Kwan. Kwan, right? Oh, that's so good. Wow. Colin Farrell won. Angela Bassett won. Uh-huh. For uh, uh, what, for the... her future portrayal of Mrs. Claus in Violent Night. <laughs> 
Yeah, that's right. Oh, my shouting about muscles <laughs> happened over Steven Spielberg winning Best Director. <laughs> Steven Spielberg has won, but he's won enough Best Director. I think at a certain point, there should be a cap on awards you can win. I don't disagree. I don't disagree. Hot take, I agree with you. Thank you. Because we need Hot to stop th- rewarding geniuses at a certain point for making the same kind of movie. Like, no offense to Steven Spielberg, but he's making the same kind of movies over oh, I and will over say again. Colin Farrell won for The Banshees of Inisherin. Daniel Craig was nominated for Glass Onion. He should have won. <laughs> no, have you seen Banshees? Bringing it back. No, is it good? It was great. It was fun. Is it a comedy or musical? No. That was the that was the category. It was it was a Golden comedy, Globe separates it. It was a black oh, comedy. It comedy. It was dark comedy. No. It won best. All right, play. I'll go. I'll go watch Banshees. But until I watch it, I think Daniel Craig was robbed. Fair, fair. But I'm glad RRR won. That's all I really cared about. Yeah, that's very and everything everywhere all at once. Do you have any other favorite scenes you want to mention in Glass Onion? I have one while you're thinking. I thought when Edward Norton set up this murder mystery, I thought it would be the crux of the whole film, like I'm supposed to think. And then that moment when Benoit was like, has it started? Can I, can I, has the game started? And he's like, yeah, sure, it started. And he tears apart his whole murder mystery in two minutes. I was on the floor laughing. I thought it was so fucking funny. Yeah. I thought, I loved the look on Edward Norton's face when it happened. And I just, I was, I was aghast. I loved it. I like that. I, I think that the fun part of these mystery movies is him subverting expectations and then kind of playing with that a little bit like there are multiple points in the movie where you're like okay i know there's still a half hour left or i know there's still an hour left like what is the movie going to be about i like yeah, that i agree do you have any other favorite moments you'd like to shout out uh before we i think i like the janelle monet's um just performance as the two different oh yeah sisters we didn't like talk about that i think mm-hmm. that was really well done i you a twin reveal could have came out as campy yes. and ridiculous and an old trope, but somehow it felt fresh just because it was so well yeah. done. Like he didn't do anything different. It was a twin thing. Yeah. You know, but it's just good. It was just yeah. so well done. And she sold it for me. I thought the two looks really made sense. She played it really well, you know, and I, and I bought, you know, Monet as the, like the, the country teacher that just was concerned about her sister and the prim mm-hmm. and proper girl that yeah, went yeah, to high yeah, class. Yeah, like yeah. I bought both yeah. so hard. And her playing both was it was really good. And the moment that she died as the sister, but then you found out she didn't die mm-hmm. and Daniel Craig was crying. It got me. And that shot was beautiful when she was dead and Daniel Craig was crying. And one by one, all the suspects showed up. It was like I literally turned to Lexi and the moment was like, this is a perfectly shot scene. Yeah, this is like a perfect. This is this is how you make a movie. This yeah, yeah. moment. And then. For me to not be upset that they took away that moment of catharsis for me in that moment later to find out that he just put hot sauce on his eyes. Mm-hmm. It was brilliant. Yeah. I think that brilliant. like the cinematography and the directing of these movies oh. are great. I mean, like the fact that Ryan Johnson can do a Star Wars movie, can do this kind of movie, and they all feel different, but that his own that he's putting a unique spin on these things is is a sign of a great director, I think. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I even remember saying that he he didn't expect himself to be like a screenwriter per mm-hmm. se 
he used to just like make films with his friends yeah and like to end up in this but i don't know if you watched his dissection of a scene where he talks about the scene where they all come to the boat for the first time and the way he's talking about where people in or around the frames and it's it, he like down to the motorcycle kickstand hitting the ground was all intentional for a reason and he talks about it in that moment and he does that for the entire film every shot is not wasted everything is thought about and it is so well crafted it is so well crafted yeah no i agree i think that he is unexpected i think that there, there's gonna be more great movies from him yeah yeah i think so i even I, like the star wars movie that middle one was fucking gorgeous like it was the prettiest about one it plot wise but like it was gorgeous. It was the Their prettiest one. Lightsabers really fight in front of Snoke where they were just like the, the clashing of the, the sabers, the room, yeah. like everything about it was like well planned. I out. did watch I did watch fight good. choreographers break down why the fight choreography was kind of bad and it kind of was. But filmed wise, it was beautiful. No, and I in the moment of watching it, I was like aghast again. I was like, I feel like the fight cool. choreography of that scene was good. I disagree. If you. I, if you watch with a commentator in your ear, they describe where for most of that fight, the guys in red are just to the sides going like this. Mm. And then one by one they go. And it's like yeah. very like, oh, once you like point it out turn. in a certain way, you're kind of like, oh, yeah. But it's filmed so beautifully you don't fucking exactly. notice. Which is which is your point. Important. The way he pulls the lightsaber and it goes through the guy's head oh, and like things on. like that. You know those are Ryan Johnson things. Yeah. You know he put that in there because yeah. he's really good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I don't Star know why Wars. everyone, though, didn't care about Finn in that second and third movie. He was the only good part of the first film for me. I think because Finn got shafted. I think uh, John Boyega also talks about it a little bit where, like, you thought more, more was coming for Finn and people were excited about it. And then he just yeah. kind of dropped the ball in both the I, second and he, third film. I. <sighs> He, he was all of it for me in that first one. Yeah. And then he was just not in the second two. Yeah. Not really. Yeah. Ugh, such a shame. What a trilogy. I, I don't think I'm a Star Wars fan anymore. I think I, I think I'm ruined. I think I don't care anymore. I haven't watched Obi-Wan. I haven't watched second season of Mary Larian. I haven't watched anything. I, I don't think I care. I will always be a fan of the Star Wars world. The movies are I don't care about super like even the original trilogy. I don't super care about. I just like the world. I think the world is fun. I sure. think it's interesting. And I like to see people create new stories in them. I honestly, I like the Star Wars books more than I like the Star Wars movies sometimes. Yeah. Like, well, it's just it, a shame. It's just interesting. I think it's a fun world to play around in. Star, uh, you know, Star Wars RPG. We played for a while. That was good. Oh, yeah, that was fun. Um, but in terms of like the specifics, yeah. it's hit or miss i i, I just I'm, don't know how you know yeah, yeah yeah i'm excited for like ahsoka could be good mandalorian season two was really good season one was trash i love Ulan mcgregor obi-wan and i just didn't watch it yeah but who cares i i think i might be That's, done is what oh, i'm saying done, just, until a taiki waititi or ryan johnson done, star wars so movie come out done. i, I Look, might be done well but i, 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 I want to watch those for the fan. directors i'm not watching what? obi i didn't watch obi-wan I'm not watching Andor. I'm not watching, you know, like. I hear Andor is good, too. You can pick, you can come and go as you want. That's the benefit yeah. of having all of this content. Like, sure, it's a lot of content, whatever. You don't have to watch every fucking Star Wars show. It's not the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Like, if you don't watch Andor, you're not going to miss out on Obi-Wan. If you don't watch, like, whatever, you know, it's fine. Well, what if I am, Marcus? That, yes, they're going to wreck I'm starting everything. to feel that way. I'm starting to feel, maybe I'm just getting old. I'm starting to feel that way about Marvel, too. I did not watch Werewolf by Night, and I don't think I'm, I'm not, I don't feel 
After She-Hulk, I was like, I, maybe I don't have to watch all Werewolf this. by Night was one of my favorite Marvel things, period. I'm sure it was good, but after watching Miss Marvel and then watching She-Hulk, I was just like, maybe I don't have to watch all these. I liked She-Hulk. I thought it was good. I, I thought fun. She-Hulk was good. Yeah. I mean... It felt not important. Miss Marvel? I liked Miss Marvel. The show was bad. I feel like... I really wanted it to be good. Marvel was exciting because it was new and we we're getting to see our favorite characters on screen. But as yeah. comic book fans, I mean, I guess I can only speak for myself. As a comic book fan, I found myself in comic books getting to evolve as a reader. I read the baby comic books. I read Spider-Man oh. doing Saving the Day, whatever. And then I get to grow and I'm like, oh, okay, I could find these more mature storylines to follow, to read, to care about. But in Marvel, the cinematic universe, we're only getting those sort of like baby animated movies series for 15 kind year of old boys. movies for 15 year old kids. Yeah, that it's like it's cool and they're fun. But now that we've the the, the excitement of like just getting to see your favorite characters on screen is kind of dying. I think they really need to focus on more mature and interesting and involved storylines. That's such a good take. And it's also like. Even if they continue to make movies for 15-year-olds, we'll still watch some. It'll still be yeah. cool, but it's not going to... That is such... Wow. Marcus, sometimes you say things, and I don't think you realize like how smart and critical and like <laughs> right, spot on you are. Like That is exactly the feeling that isn't there, and that is exactly why. Even I just saw the trailer for the new Ant-Man movie, and I thought it looked cool. I'm going to yeah. watch it. I'm excited. But it, it's not the same. No. It's and not and as same. a reader, like how many people stay reading Spider-Man forever, right? Like you, you read Spider-Man anymore. I used and to read it every week. you move on to something else that you like a little bit more. You, yeah. You, you branch out, but there's no branching out options really yet. Yeah. I think they need to start creating side. I, I like that they're creating side content that doesn't have to do with the main stuff. Like yeah. I'm kind of excited for Midnight Suns because maybe Midnight Suns could be that like more adult, more like heavy stuff that isn't tied into the main marvel universe at all like they're not fighting kang the conqueror they're not fighting yeah, all these I, big bad guys i think that's only going to be good is if they nail the blade movie which we already know they had to throw out the script and they're starting from scratch so yeah well, well hopefully they figure uh, that i disagree out. i feel like blade is not the midnight sun like it is fine if blade sucks and then we get a good ghost rider or we get a good yeah but he's the big he's the he's the he's the big the big boy i mean he's it, the not really. In, no, I mean, no, no, no. Not in terms of in the comics. In terms of but, the the money that the Blade movie is going to get and how much they have to play Mahershala Ali. Inhumans bombed. They were banking on that, and then they had to end up buying all the mutants because they were like, "Fuck, Inhumans were supposed to be our new mutants." And that bombed. But that was and a different. That was a different studio. I well, uh, it, it was matter. super I'm complicatedly. Just, they it was can different. Pivot. They could always sure, pivot sure, if sure. they need to pivot. They Marvel they will can. throw things in the trash if they need to throw things in the trash. Yeah, I guess so. The Captain Marvel isn't Captain Marvel 2 anymore. It's the Marvels, and it has to do with Monica Rambeau and Miss Marvel just as much as Captain Marvel now because they know nobody wanted a Captain Marvel Pivot, throw so it in the trash. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which I feel really bad for Brie Larson. I think she got a bad rap. I like her. I didn't like that movie, but I like her, and she just, was, she just wasn't in it, the right movie. That's all. Yeah. It's a shame. All right, Marcus, is there anything you'd like to talk about about Glass Onion, a Knives Out mystery? Nope. I liked that the a billionaire was a villain because fuck billionaires. They shouldn't exist. You know what you get as a prize? What? You get to wrap up Glass Onion. Get us out of here. Hey! Woo, 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 woo. Guys, Nick, did you like the movie? 
I did like the movie. Did you? I did like the movie. I thought it was great. Yeah. I want to see more. Now Marcus, would you recommend this film? I would recommend the shit out of this film. I don't think there's anybody, unless you like are on your knees, just giving out blowies to billionaires. I feel like you'll <laughs> like the film. I've, I've seen some reviews of people being like, well, how dare they say this is about Elon Musk? It's like, no one said this movie is about Elon Musk. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> but kind of is about Elon Musk. But you know what I mean? Unless you're out there really being a simp for billionaires, I think you'll like this movie. What about you? Would you recommend it? I completely agree. I think this movie is for everyone. Anyone that can't see this film is ridiculous. Yeah. I think it's for everyone. That's I think that's the beauty of it. How smart it is. It's not dumb. Mm-hmm. It's very intelligent. And it holds your hand just enough where you don't feel lost if you can't keep up. But yep. also feels like interesting and twists you wouldn't expect if you are smart. I At love no it. point are you going to get overwhelmed with this film. Agreed. In the best way. Um, will you watch the next Knives Will you watch the next one? Mystery. I asked first. <laughs> will you watch the next one, Nick? <laughs> you forgot the third question. Uh, yes, 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 yes. I am so excited to devour this film series. I am excited to own the the box set on blu-ray uh i kind of want some merch now i don't know what mm, it would be yeah a glass probably onion. in the third one they'll do something like a benoit Bl- since it'll be in a film set we can yeah. get a benoit block action mm-hmm. figure or something i totally want that on my shelf yeah so excited you uh yeah for sure i think anything ryan johnson makes next as long as it's like fun I- i'll watch it yeah totally great well guys thank you so much for tuning into glass onion marcus next week is your challenge Woo-hoo! what will we be partaking in here on the podcast next week earlier i was having a discussion with myself about whether or not uh if we give something that we haven't watched if that's okay i haven't watched megan but i am very excited about it because it's giving me malignant vibes and i love malignant <laughs> this seems like it knows what it's doing more than malignant did i think malignant knew what it was doing we will forever disagree so we will forever disagree i will say megan is your next challenge this is his first big film the director Mm -hmm. wow all right making me go to the theaters i will expense this on my taxes (laughs) (laughs) going to see this film okay megan nice it is is, it's out it is out you can go watch it it. it's not showing everywhere oh it is showing it should be showing most places it's 10 30 at night that's why it's not showing me (laughs) (laughs) i was like why aren't more places showing up but yes megan okay Okay, we are watching megan we're doing that next week in the podcast Mm -hmm. where we will be presenting it to you live on tuesday at 9 p.m eastern standard time at twitch.tv slash now try this cast come and join us join the conversation we would love to see you you can also join our patreon to join a community at patreon.com slash now try this cast for just a dollar you get to vote on the challenges for just a little more you get to make the submissions to what we might be trying Uh, i'm so excited to see what you guys are going to give this this month anytime you can give us those suggestions there you can also leave us five star reviews on itunes it's really helpful but all in all get us where you can get us now try this cast we would love to see you and see you guys next week yep and also just a little another note about megan before we go into the next episode oh what it's january horror movie january is where all studios dump their heart bad horror movies that they think are gonna tank so just go into that uh knowing that information really mm-hmm. it's a oh. thing 
Guys, thank you so much for joining us. We hope to see you next week. We hope you go watch Megan. We hope you watch Knives Out, Glass Onion. And we love you. And remember to go out there and try some things. Good night. Bye-bye. You say that, but Megan has a 94% on Rotten Tomatoes right now. No, no, no. I know, I know, I know. Don't look up stuff. Stop. I, I was looking at... T- I have to look at times. Oh, my God. God. It is famously where movies go to die. Horror <laughs> movies. Horror movies specifically.